0: The following show is a rebroadcast of an earlier recording. Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day. Regular people that need help making sound financial decisions, or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I'd like the simple Questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to. Keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas is also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And you're listening to McNamara on Money. And what's the new tagline, Kirk?
1: Uh, educating the South Shore. Educating the
0: investors of the, the South investors Shore. Of the and the Merrimack Valley. Valley. Gotcha. Yes. And we do, I'll, I'll get it. Okay, I'll get it. And we do have a caller, so let's go to Brian from Winthrop. Hi, Brian. Good morning. How are you?
2: Hi. Good morning to you both. Uh, I know you're trying to educate the south shore, and I am transiting the south shore. I actually live a little bit on the north shore, but uh, I'd like to participate.
0: Oh, awesome! Great. Do you have some? Do you have some numbers for us? Yeah, sure. Uh,
2: starting off, I'm 56 years old, about 57 in September. Um, I have. Uh, A portfolio, uh, you know, 401K, all S&P 500, really. So I I suppose that's on the aggressive end. Uh, And that's about, uh, right now, it's about 3.6 million. Okay. Um, And all of the males in my family always die at 87. No, they just
0: don't. Oh, wow.
2: What, what, what age?
0: 87. 87.
2: 87.
1: Well,
0: that's a good long life. That's but... pretty good,
2: yeah. Well, yeah, you know, they don't really recall the last couple of years of it, but they <laughs> they, they get up there. Um, so I'm looking at, I mean, my target has always been um, that I would love to be able to say I would like to have 250000 worth of annual income in retirement. I mean, obviously, as I get later, I won't. Probably be spending that much unless it's on medical care or something like that, um, and so I'm always of the mind doing very simple conservative uh, estimates, like you say, the old spreadsheet stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been thinking that you know, in order to generate 250,000, and you know, if it's a four percent return, um, and I can get. You know, I don't like to think uh, that I can rely on it, but I'm probably looking at getting somewhere around fifty thousand a year from Social Security. So if I could get two hundred thousand off of a lump sum, that would mean I would need four percent your withdrawal rate, assuming zero growth on the portfolio in retirement. Um, so. Those are my numbers and uh, I'd love to hear what your Monte Carlo system might generate.
0: Okay, so a couple clarification questions. So when you say you would like to get 200,000 from the portfolio, is that before you pay taxes on it or after? No,
2: that's gross, that's gross.
0: Okay, so gross, you need or would like 200,000 from the portfolio, okay. Right.
1: All right, so here's another question. So you've got 3.6 million, how... What, at what point are you going to start taking money out?
2: I would say I would like to work until I'm 67. That would be my full Social Security benefit.
1: And that's, so that, that's so 11, 11, years. 11 years from now?
2: Yeah, I'd say 10. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm
1: 57 next month. So. All right, so 10 years from now. I'm just trying to figure out what your portfolio is going to be in 10 years from now so we can
2: use that as our starting point. So I mean I I, I'm I am as I say I'm invested aggressively but I'm assuming conservative returns. So if I got you know four percent even per year, okay, yeah, um, uh, that would be a good number for me.
1: And and how much how much are you are you are you adding to it on an annual basis?
2: I'd say we're adding about uh, thirty. Just north of thirty thousand a year okay. in contributions. Okay.
0: Okay, hold on though. Before you do that calculation, Kirk. Yeah. Um, Brian, are you doing the two hundred thousand that you need from the portfolio? Is that in mm-hmm. today? Like, well, let's talk about inflation for a minute. <laughs> Is that in right. today's expense dollars, or are you projecting mm-hmm. that in the future? That's what you'll need in 11 years.
2: Yeah, I would. I would say I have uh, that in today's dollars. Um, I know okay. inflation has been relatively dormant, but I don't expect that to continue. Um, yeah. But I'm just thinking, you know, I, at that stage, obviously my well, not obviously, but my house will be paid off. Um, you know, I won't need two cars. So there'll be you know some. Climb down in terms of annual expenditure. I think, although okay. in the early retirement years would probably be go go to use a you know recent yep. term. You know, probably you know running around, vacationing, things like that. Yep. And then slow go, and then what's the last one? No go. Sure.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 <laughs> no we, wa- we want to make sure. You, I haven't heard that one before. We
1: want to make sure you enjoy yeah. it before eighty seven. Yeah. yeah. I'm totally. Before, yeah. Use and and why you still remember that you're spending it? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So in order for okay, so
1: well, if, I, I did. So I did the money you know, so I, so, uh, Brian, I, I figure, you know, based on 10 years and 4% and in your contributions that your portfolio is going to be, or let's call it 5.7, uh, 10, okay. year, 10 years from now.
0: 5. 7, okay. 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 Let me just make sure we understand. L- let me just clarify that get, though, we, yep. because if you're, if we're talking in today's dollars, sure. um, we're going to, and we're, so we're going to, in. so you need 200,000 in today's dollars from the portfolio. So let's right. inflate that 200,000 at, what do you want to assume? Two, two and a half or do you want to assume a higher rate of inflation oh, on your needs yeah. in the coming? I,
2: it, two and well, a half. Is assume, two and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty, yeah. pretty good long, long, long term average. It's been lower than that right. in the last decade, obviously, right. but, so if he needs 200,000. So, okay, so the, Your future needs eleven years from now are two hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars per year. That's just that's what the two hundred
1: looks like in ten years from now. Okay.
0: All right, Right. so you with us on that one, Brian? Okay, so monthly, I'm just gonna do that monthly just because our Monte Monte Carlo calculator has a monthly input. So that's $21,333 a month, you would be drawing from the portfolio. Um, And and again, we're assuming that out of that 21,333, you're gonna pay your taxes and then get down to your spendable amount of whatever, 15,000 or whatever, 12,000, okay? Right. All right. Mm-hmm. So we did a future value calculation so, of so, his 3.6 million. So 3. we're starting with 5.7. Okay. So we're starting with 5.7 million. Okay. And then we're going to- Just s- give me a minute here because the calculator doesn't put commas in. So it's 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 hard. I just want to make sure I put, you know what I mean? When you put in a number, it yep. doesn't put the commas in. <laughs> No. five seven one, one okay with a twenty one thousand three hundred and thirty three dollar per month withdrawal rate of withdrawal okay right. so
2: and that's with assuming no growth on the portfolio right
1: that's assuming four, oh, we, 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 we I use the four percent between now and then
2: right but I mean actually when I begin withdrawing that's assuming no return on the portfolio then, we can
1: right? we can do that Uh if you, if you prefer,
3: actually, hold
0: on a second. Do you want to assume no growth on the portfolio?
2: No, 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 I was just, I was just following your assumptions. I just heard, you know, the growth for the next eleven years, and then, you know, no assumption after that. So, I didn't know if you had uh, cooked in uh, growth on the portfolio when the depletion started.
0: Okay. What do you want us to start with? No growth or growth? Start uh, with no growth. If there's no growth, so like yeah, so that would no me
2: twenty-five, something years, thirty years. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So if there's no growth and no variability on the no growth, right? right then right. then it's then mm-hmm. you really don't even need a statistical analysis. That's a lin- That's a linear analysis. Right. Um, so hold. On. So yeah, that's just that's a calculator. So right. there's a hundred percent chance that your money lasts twenty two years.
2: Twenty two years. And then. And then if we assume, a, say, a two points in growth, once I start depleting, uh, in eleven years.
0: To a two percent return on the money.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know just to almost keep up with inflation right
0: okay and then we'll put it how about we put a little bit of variability on that two percent just so that you can we can sure. see how the tool is working because <laughs> the tool doesn't work unless you put variability on the return right. Right. okay
2: I would keep some of it in equities just to try to capture some growth
0: I think that that's very wise yes and' to at least keep up with inflation yeah if right. not outpace right. it all right so right. A, so it, with a two percent rate of return with a with a, I did what's called a one percent standard deviation which is very small. very yeah. very small small variability of return, 100% chance your money lasts 25 years, 99.95% it lasts 26 years. I'm going to skip out a little, and actually it declines in a minute here. 98% chance it lasts 27 years, 89% chance 28 years. And if I skip out to 30 years, which, which puts you at 97 at the time. So there's a t- there's a 30% chance the money lasts 30 years. Okay, uh, would that be so,
2: would that be 87 if I start depleting? Oh, sorry, 67. You're yeah, right. No, right, right. Right, right, right. So right.
0: so very 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 good chance the money lasts 28 years, and okay. then it declines pretty substantially from there because with the 2% growth and then you're depleting right. at the, at the very end. All right. So that brings you well past your your I guess your statistical life expectancy based, based on based your on family genes yeah. um yeah. longevity, which is which is great. Do you wanna right. so and so I guess My, y- y- go ahead. Yeah.
2: You know, my other, my real, what happens is when I'm walking around at lunchtime, this is what what I do to keep myself busy. But this is how I (laughs) remain mindful. Uh, I think, you know, people have often talked about, um, there's this old saw that, you know, 4% depletion rate. And, you know, if there's a 4% depletion rate and zero growth, okay, not calculating in any inflation that would take. 25 years right. just to exhaust your money. Right. But if I got a point or two of growth, I think that, you know, then that's only 2% I would be taking out if, you know, I got 2% growth, assuming no inflation again. Right. But my, right. my wild card, and what this has been very helpful for me to understand, is that. Uh, Built-in assumption of inflation, annual inflation. So that's that's really where I've always sort of struggled. Um, so that, this has been very
0: helpful. Oh, good. Thank, Thank you. you for that. And I just one other comment, and I know you didn't ask, but given that you're all in the S and P five hundred in your in your three point six million at your age, may, have you considered uh, uh, some diversification there? I,
2: I always <laughs> I always consider, <laughs> especially
0: especially but. after like a te- like a decade of phenomenal S and P five hundred. Right. returns, you right. might want to kind of say thank you and and, yeah. and do a little diversification and lowering the risk yeah. because actually we just did that projection based on a 4% return on your money in the next decade. Yep. And right. and that's more consistent with like a stable portfolio of, of 40% stocks or, or S&P 500 if you, if you still want there and, and some stable investments in there.
2: Right. I, every every quarter when I open my statement, I think well, I should really consider uh, well, diversifying. Well, after this <laughs> uh, after this
0: a, week with uh, the with the Fed announcement there and the and I, the volatility yeah. this week, maybe now is the time. But yeah, food for thought that you have clearly accumulated um, significant assets, and it looks like if you know if you right. work till sixty seven anyway, that then your rate of draw is very reasonable uh, based on those numbers. So yeah, it might be time for you to think about um, you right. know it, it, that growth is no longer your primary. Objective that preservation of what you've accumulated is, is probably, you know, going to the forefront um, and, and to be your primary objective. So, food for All thought right. in that regard. All right.
2: Well, good, yeah. good advice me I've also heard the uh, old saying that pigs get fat, but hogs get slaughtered. Uh, so, uh, uh, I don't want to
0: be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, My dad just uh, had a similar saying the other day. He says it's, something like so that. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah. is, yeah, time to do the prudent thing, probably, Brian. Anyway, right, sometime well, I'm, soon. Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm I'm so glad that I pressed scan on my FM dial while I was driving through your territory. Good. And uh, no, this has been very helpful. Thanks good. very much and keep up the great
1: work. You're
0: welcome, Brian. Thank Thanks you for, for the
2: call. call and drive safe.
1: Thank yeah,
0: you. drive safe, take care. Take care. Perfect. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, that was a perfect call and that was a perfect um, illustration of, of this tool. It's just a very This is the, just the Monte Carlo calculator that we have um, of which there are many. This is just one that we use, but basically the inputs are very simple. How much do you have? How much are you either taking now, or do you plan to take? Um, this this input is monthly, so we took his his he had an annual number. This Brian was very prepared for this. He you know he clearly pays much attention to his money and his needs and his future needs, and um, was very prepared. Um, but he knew exactly how much he he or at least he thinks he's going to need. You know, factoring in taxes and everything, and um, you know we're we're able to put in or play around with some assumptions regarding rates of return. And then what, you know, given the variability of portfolios, which is normal when you're an investor, what are the chances of this money lasting a certain number of years, which is really helpful for people on the older side that are taking money out and, and, you know, number one concern of retirees, am I going to outlive my money? Um, Or or is my healthcare going to be so expensive that it's going to deplete my money? You know, I can't use this exact tool to answer that, but you know, we have other um, tools to utilize in that regard. But that was a great call. Thank you, Brian. If anyone else wants to us to run an analysis for their situation, we'd be happy to do that. Um, We just need to know how much money you have, how much you're taking out or anticipate taking out. And then we'll have some discussions regarding how is it invested or how might it be? And we can do some analysis we'll, from there. We'll, so we'll supply really, the standard deviation. Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Uh, 781-837-4900, if anyone is listening. Uh, if anyone is listening. I mean, if anyone, of course people are listening. I mean, if anyone wants to um, join us on the air for that. One thing to note though, if you're doing this analysis on your own, if you find a Monte Carlo calculator, you know, Google can be very powerful. If you find a Monte Carlo calculator and you're playing with it on your own, most people could quote you a uh, ballpark rate of return, right? Most people know what a, a reasonable or relatively accurate rate of return might be. You know, most people know that, you know, conservative monies might return low single digits and more aggressive monies, maybe high single digits or double digits, right? So, so people have a general idea of that. What pretty much nobody knows is what is a standard deviation that is associated with a portfolio's level of risk, right? So in our world if we put in um like our we were using different numbers for Brian, he was giving us those numbers, but if we put in a like a pretty conservative portfolio and we might put in a return expectation of 4% on average. And that it, and we would put in a standard deviation probably something in the 5% range. But if we were putting in an aggressive portfolio and maybe we were using an eight, nine, 10% assumed rate of return, a standard deviation on that might be like 17 15, to 20%. Like to yeah, to, yeah. It, it, very high teens, something like that. Um, Pretty much nobody knows that. That's that's based on statistical, or that's based on research of years and years and years of, of portfolio performance, um, and and but nobody knows what that is. So, but standard deviation is basically that number is. Ninety-two percent, sixty-six percent of the time, the return is within one standard deviation. Ninety-two percent of the time, the return is within two standard deviations, and then there's there's a there's a small percent chance that the return is outside of two standard deviations. So, um, uh, so but anyway, most people don't. So so if you're playing around with this on your own, just call us and maybe we can give you a recommendation for what to use for a suitable standard deviation based on what type of return you're assuming. Uh, we do have another caller. So we'll go to Eileen from Gloucester. You get us all the way up there in Gloucester, Eileen, or are you visiting yes. the South Shore? Oh, you do? Awesome. Yeah, no, it came in
3: nice and clear this morning. I awesome. love it.
0: So, okay, <laughs> so hold on. New tagline, educating the investors of the South Shore and Merrimack Valley and the Gloucester area, yes. apparently. North Shore, yeah. And North Shore, that's great. Well, thank you for the call. What can we do well, for thank you? Thank
3: you. Yeah, so just following on the uh, prior caller, I wondered if you could do a little analysis on my situation.
0: Perfect. Love to go ahead. Yep.
3: So um, I am a sixty-two. I uh, work part time. I uh, my husband has recently retired. Um, our assets are in the close to seven million okay uh, range uh, not including um, our homes i have two homes okay um and i'm not even sure truthfully what we're drawing every month because it's you know kind of new i'm starting to keep tabs okay. on what i'm going to need but it's it's variable but i'm thinking somewhere in the 15 to 17,000 a month y-
0: you're uh, you're thinking is your total need or your draw from my the my draw okay Okay.
3: So, and right now I'm in stocks and bonds, pretty diversified, sort of a 40-60 split. Okay. And, you know, my financial person tells me, oh, I'll be all set. But, you know, you see things go on like what happened the last couple of days. Yeah. And I just, you know, don't know... If I'm that if I should be more aggressive frankly hmm.
0: oh interesting question yeah. okay okay so let me just make sure I understand so so I'm gonna use seven million as the amount of money that we're doing the analysis on let's ignore the equity in the homes you know so yep. in some situations we might not ignore equity in homes but in this situation let's let's at least start with ignoring that mm-hmm. um, so is your husband newly retired so yeah. you're, you're kind of okay so yeah a little bit unsure of the draw let's use the larger number that you said just to be run a conservative model so you said maybe Mm 17,000 a month, and that is are you using gross before tax numbers, or is that your take home need from the portfolio? The latter, okay. So that's That's the take home need, yeah. So let's put in,
3: and he just started drawing on social security, by the way.
0: Okay, okay, but but when you said 17,000. Let, let's that's
3: what we spend. That's what the bills are.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the bills are seventeen thousand. What is his social security monthly? A couple uh, it's thousand. About, it's about three. Okay. It's probably three thousand before taxes. Yes. So call it twenty five hundred. So maybe your need is fourteen thousand five hundred mm-hmm. from the portfolio. Mhm. Okay. Let me just. I'm going to gross that up with taxes.
1: Just the seventeen.
0: No, the fourteen five because they have social security that's filling in like maybe 2,500. So I'm gonna
3: use... What do you pay on He's not, He just started with Social
0: Security. What do you pay on that? So, for you guys, Social Security is partially taxable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and the amount that it's taxable depends on your uh, gross income or your adjusted gross income. So, you guys will pay 80, 85% of your Social Security benefit roughly will be taxable. Taxable, yeah. Taxable. Oh. Um, and, you, and your tax rate. Um, if you hold wanna... on, I have a million screens open right here. Hold on. I would assume, what, 30, you want to just 33%? Do 30, just do 30 total? 33% taxes. I would do a little bit more, probably. Um, hold on one second. We're just doing
1: some math real quick here.
0: Sure. So I'm taking your... Actually, first, you said is Social Security is 3000 a month. Mm-hmm. So I'll use... Two thousand a month of Social Security after taxes. I think that's probably more accurate. So let's say let's say okay. So if you need seventeen thousand total, uh-huh. you we're going to assume you need.
1: I'd say it's about twenty-two thousand.
0: Twenty-two thousand gross. gross from the portfolio. So let's just make sure you under, you understood where we get there. You need seventeen thousand uh-huh. after taxes. Uh-huh. We're taking let's call it we're taking 15,000 from the portfolio cuz social security will fill that in a little bit uh-huh. a couple thousand after taxes so you did 15,000 before so before taxes would be about 22 uh-huh. this the the 7 million is it mostly non-retirement non-qualified assets or is it half and half retirement non-qualified um, what's the breakdown
3: uh, i would say um, about uh, half is in a you know 401k okay. and the remainder is in you know cash related or you know equities
1: okay, okay. like a bro- like a bro- non non-brokerage account okay
0: all yeah. right. And the bro- the brokerage account, does it, have you had it for a very, very, very long time and you have lots of embedded capital gains in there or? Yeah. Do, okay. All right. So we would as probably just use a, a blended tax rate of 25%. 25. May, maybe. Okay. Um, 20 to 25%, uh-huh. including, including mass. So on 17,000? On 15,000.
1: 15,000.
0: Yeah. All right, so we're kind of modeling. So because you have blended non-qualified qualified qualified, and and taxability of that draw will be different depending on where you draw from. Um, Right we're gonna ballpark that you might need 20,000 per month gross from the portfolio to mm-hmm. get down to your 15. We can play around with these numbers, yeah. obviously. All right. So I'm gonna if I take 20,000 a month from 7 million, again, no commas in the software. So I have to use my cursor to make sure mm-hmm. I have all the correct num- number of zeros. Um, you said your portfolio is invested about 40% stocks and 60% cash and stable investments. Yes. Okay. So I uh, I would assume like a... Four, four and a half, five percent rate of return mm-hmm. on average. Are you okay with yeah. that? All right, let's.
3: Well, I'm okay with
0: it if that's what w- it, it will, you know. Keep me okay. So, growing. so that's uh, that's on the low side of our target returns for what we call moderately conservative portfolios. And our moderately mm-hmm. conservative portfolios have thirty to forty percent stock exposure, and long, long, long-term target returns four to six percent. But with interest rates still being pretty low, um, we. We would use something on the low side of that average. So I would use a four to be conservative. We could model it at five, mm-hmm. um, but let's yeah. use a four. Let's use a four. Let's, let's use, use four. a four. Be conservative. Yep. Uh, and, then, and then
1: we also need to plug in a, an inflation, uh-huh. inflation yeah. rate going forward. Infl- inflation, you know, for the past 10 years or so has been around a little under 2% uh, per year, uh-huh. um, you know, but longer term it's, you know, it's Closer to the high twos, uh, closer to three.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, so good question. So, and I'm kicking myself that we didn't we didn't play around with that assumption for Brian, our previous caller. But if Brian wants to call back, yeah. So, so Eileen, do you want? So on that fifteen fat, or I guess we'll just use on that seventeen thousand a month that you need. Let's assume that that increases for the duration of your lifetime with inflationary adjustments. You okay mm-hmm. with that assumption? Yeah. Because yeah. like not every single year you'd need more, but every few years you might find yourself adjusting it upward. Um, you know, medical expenses and things will inf- will outpace regular inflation, but maybe travel subsides, but those things might cancel each other out. So let's, um, yeah, let's assume two, a two, two and a half. How about two and a half? Yeah, Two and a and half, and half, two and and half
1: Eileen is probably, you know, fairly realistic, at least for the next, you know, 20 years or so, um, you know, subject to change, but.
0: Yeah. All right. So I'm just putting in that adjustment. Um, okay. Hold on. So I'm putting in.
1: So we got the starting value.
0: $7,020,000 a month, but I'm adjusting that $20,000 a month upward. by two and a half percent per year for inflation. Uh That's correct. Mm. Okay. So you guys are how old again? Uh,
3: 62 and 67.
0: Okay. So there is a 99.65% chance that the money lasts 18 years under these numbers. So that brings you to age 80. So there's a, to to you, Eileen, right? Right. Uh So 99% and actually I'm getting really high 90% chances out to 21 or 22 years. Mm -hmm. So there's like a 94% chance the money lasts 22 years. So that brings you to 84, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then we start to see numbers. Let me go out 25 years. Oh, hold on, my page is not, okay. 82% chance the money lasts 25 years to your age, 87. Uh And 28 years would bring you to 90, right? 66% 66% chance the money lasts to your age 90. So that's using a 4% average rate of return with variability on that. Mm-hmm.
1: What, what did you so you, what did you use for a standard deviation?
0: 7. Okay. Which is which is our consistent for our moderately conservative portfolios which okay. are about 30-40% yep. stock exposure. So in this situation actually inflation might be I'm gonna lower inflation to two for a second. That was with two and a half percent inflation. And if I rerun that and let's go out 28 years again, and what did I just say at, at your age, 90, Eileen, like that was 66%, 66% chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's assuming that your withdrawal increases by two and a half percent per year. With these large dollars, inflation is pretty, is a pretty important pretty variable. Yeah. So I, if I lower the inflation on your draw assumption, without changing the return assumption I'm now getting a 76% chance the money lasts to your age 90 Now your husband is how old older than you correct Yeah 67. 67. okay so statistically you would outlive your husband because you're a woman and also because you're younger than him by five years mm-hmm. So if we if we if we go based on statistics for a moment your draw from the portfolio, might not be that level inflating at that two, two and a half percent until you're age 90. Because if you were to outlive your husband by X number of years, likely your draw from the portfolio is lessened by some amount, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're one person traveling, you're feeding one person, one car insurance, things like that. Yeah. so this is a, probably a pretty conservative model because we have that draw increasing until, you know, indefinitely without any adjustments to it. I mean, you're actually a candidate for a really detailed financial plan. This is a very simple analysis mm-hmm. um, of that, but yeah, I think, you know, if if you remain pretty conservative with that chunk of money, then, you know, really good chance that that and you're drawing gross before taxes about 20,000 a month, really good chance that that money lasts to 24 25 26 years and then beyond that you're seeing some you know we're, we're still talking about you know 76 percent chance which is which is a pretty good chance that you know the money lasts to your age 90 but really really good chance that it lasts to your mid to late 80s so would you go to a more of a 50 50 equity
3: bond kind so, of or? so
1: yeah so you know that who knows about the future you know of the investment world but I think we, I think it would be kind of interesting to model that, you know, in, in the, in the program here, just to see what that looks like as far as, you know, if we increase returns a little bit, but also increase the risk, you know, what does that look like in terms of your overall, you know, success uh,
0: out to those same ages? Yeah. So if I change the return assumption, if I bump it up by one point, so if I change the return assumption to 5%, which is on the low side of our target return for our moderate portfolio,
1: 60% stocks, which 40% is like, bonds,
0: actually ours are like 50 to 60% percent stocks right now. But yeah, so target 60. So if I increase your return assumption by one percent per year, but I also increase your standard deviation. So the variability in your returns, I'm going to use a 10 because that's what we use based on our research for standard deviation. I do get a slightly higher chance of the money lasting to your age 90. I'm just using 90 because that's a nice round number. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now instead of a 77 percent chance, there's an 83 percent chance your money lasts to your age 90.
1: So that's what with slightly Slightly higher returns and slightly higher um, volatility.
0: Okay, but you know what's interesting is that Someone
3: pennyless at ninety. No no, <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> um, not pennyless at ninety. What this what this means is that it runs a thousand it runs a thousand simulations, and if if you are to live to age ninety and this rate of draw is twenty thousand a month in inflating until that time. In seventeen percent of those thousand iterations, mm-hmm. you do you do run out of money. Mm-hmm. However, Eileen, we have ignored equity in two properties and if you live in Gloucester, I'm assuming your property has some pretty decent equity in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So so I must sell the house. Yeah, so if you sold one of the houses, that's probably enough to fill in that 17% gap if you live to age 90. Also, going one step further, Eileen, you know, it's not like, our, our, you mentioned you have an advisor or you can call us anytime, but it's it's not like you would just, you know, over time, you're gonna be reanalyzing the situation. And Mm -hmm. so right now we're projecting, you know, really good chances of you, of your money lasting 20 to 25 years. A year or two or three from now, you're gonna reanalyze that. And if markets haven't been cooperative or if you're finding that you actually need more, you're gonna be, you know, refreshing your memory with with regards to what is sustainable. So it's not like you're gonna get to 90 and then be like, oops, you know, Mm -hmm. we ran out of money. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be revisiting this ongoing and your advisor should be continuing to analyze analyze your rate of draw and giving you an idea about how long it might last based on what's happening now and based mm-hmm. on what markets might do does that make sense oh sure yeah so it's, yeah. I mean this is a this is a' this is a good guess and it's and it's a it's a good long-term guess but you know the, the whole planning process and analysis and when you're working with an advisor hopefully you're seeing her he or she you know every, at least every year anyway and should be revisiting all these all these things so that you're not surprised when you get to age 89 and you only have a year's worth of income left, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. so that should be some level of comfort. But, you know, ba- based on this quick analysis, you, your money should certainly last to your statistical life expectancy, mm-hmm. um, which is probably like early, early mid 80s. You know, I don't know what longevity in your family is, but um, my father's 93. My
3: mom's 85. Okay. So, yeah. so oh,
0: good, okay. good longevity in the family. And also, you know, in your expenses now, you pr- I'm going to assume you have some Um, you know, discretionary type stuff in there like travel or, you know, gifting to the kids or grandkids or, you know, dining out and things Mm -hmm. like that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, those things can change in the future. Medical expenses are a big bogey and and those might increase, but, you know, discretionary spending and travel, for example, as people age, sometimes, you know, goes down as people become Mm -hmm. less active. So I would guess that if you're, if the 20,000, you know, it probably realistically won't increase every year by a couple percent, you know, it might increase for the next 10 years and then it might kind of decrease for the following 10, you know, so mm-hmm. so I think this is probably a pretty conservative way to run the analysis and don't forget about equity in two properties as your fallback. Right, um, so
3: and I'm also, you know, still working. Um, so I, I do have a, a, a income coming in now. So I'm not drawing 100% on um,
0: Okay, actually, I'm glad you brought that up again. What, what is your monthly income from your
3: work? Um, it's with a uh, gross, yeah. on a gross basis. Sure, yeah. About
0: 10,000. A, a year or a month? A, a month. Okay, actually, that's interesting that you said that because- Because
1: the withdrawals are gonna go up when you retire.
0: Right, so when you retire, Eileen, so we're modeling a $20,000 a month draw. When you retire and 10,000 a month goes away from your income, your draw, your withdrawal is going to go up by ten thousand a month, to thirty thousand. Uh, right. That was kind uh, of a question I'm and kind of. Not necessarily
3: using that that money. I'm just using. You okay. know, I'm not relying on that, but I'm, I'm. It's it's helping me not tap into the other um, savings because it's more liquid.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So actually, so let so me I just don't need more. Okay. All right. Thank you. So we're good. So we're good. Okay. That's right. I, that's right. So I you're, that
3: I, I may, you know, from whatever period of time okay. you started calculating the 7 million being depleted, I'm not really tapping into that yet.
0: Okay. So then this isn't even more, I got nervous for a minute that this was not a, okay. Th- then this isn't even more conservative analysis. So your needs are about 17,000 a month. Uh-huh, right now what? you're filling that in with your, your earnings from work right. and, and you husband's social security Correct. and a little bit from the portfolio. Oh, Correct. okay. So that doesn't change. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, all right. Um, so then this is so the nice, then this is actually, if you're not depleting the portfolio for a number of or drawing a significant amount from the portfolio for a number of years until you retire. You know, we were using right. you know, 77 or 83% chance that the money lasts 28 years. Right. That's actually beyond so your age 90 better, yeah. because mm-hmm. you're not really going to the portfolio for a period of time. So- That's what I was thinking. Okay, be we're, okay perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, good. Well, um, do you have any other questions for us? This has been a great call and a great yep, way you. for us to to um, illustrate, you know, the, the power behind these tools.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think just the only other question is do you have a uh, a way to really capture your monthly spend? Is there a, some tool that you recommend for that because I find that very challenging?
0: Um, yeah, we we actually touched on that a little bit earlier in the show. I mean, I I, I you know, there have you looked for like do you have an iPad or have you looked for mm-hmm. apps on your iPad or your phone? Have you I should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't there are so many of them available. I like You Need a Budget is one that I know a lot of people use. It's called YNAB. <laughs> You need a budget. Um, okay. there are there are I, I, I haven't used that one personally, but I know a lot of people use that one. Um there are a lot of apps on the, in the Mm -hmm. app store that, you know, people utilize for budgeting. And I I would just try those to start. Sometimes people get frustrated with them and end up going back uh, to- Mint
1: Mint has a good reputation. Uh, That's a good
0: one. Mint is is a pretty good one. They've been around a long time. Um, They'll try to sell you like insurance policies and Mm -hmm. investment management and stuff like that. Because I think it's free, but then there's lots of ads and stuff. but um, yeah, I would try, I would look around at some of the apps on the app store, just, you know, look, look up mm-hmm. budgeting tool and just kind of look at the screens and see which one looks kind of comfortable to you. But yeah, I don't, I don't, there's so many of them. I, I don't have, um, I haven't used them all personally. So, but yeah, it's a great idea to just make sure that that number that you gave us is pretty accurate. And then yes. this analysis is pretty accurate. And if it comes out, and if it comes out that you need 25,000 a month, not 17, then call us back or ask your advisor to redo that analysis. Because right. that would Thank be a big you. difference. All right, Appreciate your help. Eileen, thanks so much. Thanks for the call. Okay, have a have a good care. one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, okay, that was an excellent call and a great way for us to illustrate that Monte Carlo analysis tool and probability analysis tool. Thank you, Eileen. Um, and we are a little bit late for our quick break because we had we had so much fun with Eileen. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to McNamara Money in just a minute. Good morning, back to business it is. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Did you want to do the, go back to the-
1: Well, I don't know. It looked like you were ready, so- uh-
0: Oh yeah, Kirk, <laughs> we need to figure out, maybe we should alternate who does the intro Ooh, nice, after yeah. the commercial. Nice. But I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed and that is my husband, Kirk Reed. And I guess we need to figure out our, I've always done the intro from the break, so right. I guess I'm just used to it. But yeah. I was trying to peel and eat my hard-boiled eggs, so-
1: all right, we can chill sure for a second if you want. Uh,
0: we, you're listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, we're talking this morning about fintech. I love that word. Uh, basically, it's just financial technology um, and things that you know the intersection of finance and technology, which I think is pretty exciting. We've been sounds like it about should be a
1: tools. college team. Fintech, go fintech, go I don't fintech. Don't know. College, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a technical school. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're yeah.
0: right. Our I tech are schools known like for time.
1: their. Well, I guess there are some tech schools that have good teams. Yeah. Yeah. South sure. Fotechs one of them, you know. oh, okay. oh, really? Come on, don't well, forget well, them. You yeah. Well, you would
0: know, you would know because you guys do local sports. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, Um Anyway, we have just, I don't know, 10, 13, 12 minutes left, something like that. Tim always tells me the clock in this 13. studio is 13. not accurate. Lucky the, 13. Because the clock says we have 11 minutes left, so you guys should don't really believe that fix one. this clock. Um, if anyone has questions for us last minute, 781-837-4900, but I also... Be hard callers. I, I, that's right there. Very fun. Um, um, we also just launched recently a new McNamaraOnMoney.com website where people can, um, you could submit questions to us, generic questions. You can also submit um recommendations for show topics. Oh, we would nice. love that. We spend a lot of time brainstorming what do people want to know about? I mean, you know, we, and I feel like we cover the basics pretty well, but we try to vary up the content for the show. Today being one of those times where I don't think we've done a show on financial technology before. I'm enjoying it. Um, but we want to know what people want to know. Um, and so if you wanna go on McNamaraonmoney.com, there's a contact form. You can, that'll go right to our email and you could suggest show topics, what you wanna learn about, what you wanna hear about, or you could just ask us questions about your situation and we can answer them live on the air the next, um, the next weekend. So uh, you can also just email questions at com. All right, so for the next 10 minutes or so, um, again, in the world of FinTech, the latest and greatest and hottest right now, Maybe in the world, maybe in the world of technology in general, of which I'm not an expert, but I pay a little bit of attention. Um, I think is artificial intelligence, and so this is intersecting with the world of finance, and. It intersects, you know, uh, in in our world as advisors. There's a lot of artificial intelligence being used, but also for the for individual investors. There's a lot of artificial intelligence or AI technology being used, and and you might not even know it. <laughs> Um, and I think artificial intelligence has been around for a long time. I think machine learning, it's also close. It's been around for a really long time, but I think it's progressing pretty quickly and it's starting to be applied in a lot of different ways and a lot of different industries um, and, and definitely the finance industry being one of them. So if you've ever gone onto a website and clicked the button that says live chat, I'm pretty comfortable saying that like the vast majority of the time you're live chatting with someone, that's a computer. I would
1: agree. Some Sometimes you can tell that it's yeah, yeah it's and not a person, I but sometimes it is. Maybe yeah.
0: it's not a hundred percent of the time, but vast majority of the time you're doing a live chat and you think you're chatting with a person, you're actually chatting with the computer. and that's And that's the utilization of artificial intelligence. And computers have gotten really good about not only knowing the answers to questions because we have these search engines like Google and, and whatnot, and, and the computer's access to information is, is instantaneous and vast, um, but also computers have gotten good about teaching themselves things. So, I, so I, you know, and I guess I don't 100% understand all of this, but I know that, like with artificial intelligence, we, you know, if, if the computer gets something wrong, it learns from that mistake and it doesn't get it wrong again. And I don't exactly know how that works, but I've heard this from like lots of different people. And I try to, you know, read read about this stuff and, and listen to this stuff at conferences. But but so that so they're literally getting smarter every day, just like a real person. Like if you make a mistake and you get something wrong, and you know you got it wrong, you're not going to get it wrong again. And computers are, are like that as well. They learn from their mistakes, and but they just do it a lot faster than humans. So so in in our so first of all you know, you might be interacting with artificial intelligence and really not even knowing it. Um, and so, but also like as advisors, you know for example, through our, the custodian that we use if we have a question, we can call our, we can call the service center, we can call our dedicated representative and and, and ask a question about, you know paperwork requirements or, you know the status of something and, or, or the balance of something. And, you know, we can interact with a human and, and that's great but humans make mistakes, arguably more than computers make mistakes. And so there's that human element of well, uh, the human element, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 so that, and the human element is, can be a good thing or a bad thing because humans can make mistakes that, that oftentimes computers don't.
1: Well, the issue with um, computers has always been, and this, and this is where artificial intelligence is fixing that, is that computers, They can do, you know, math, you know, 100% correct. But if you don't ask the right question, it doesn't necessarily know to give you, you know, what to give you. That's true. If you, you know, it'll, it'll answer your question. But if you don't ask it the right question, it, it might come back with not exactly what you're looking for, uh, even though it's a, you know it's they answered the question. That's true, and that's that's you know that's always going to been the issue with computers. Um, but that's where that's, and also
0: they have no empathy, right? They're not a person, right?
1: And that's you know the human the human touch, the human element. You know, sometimes sometimes bad in, in the form of errors, but but it's but it's you know it's it's good from so many other element. You know, yeah. it's just the way we are. You know, humans want to talk to a human.
0: It's great for it's great for corp companies, corporations, because they can service their clients or their customers very quickly, 24 seven, because they can have a computer answering questions and they can lower costs because computers are cheaper than employing people. So it's great for corporations in terms of their profitability and their ability to to service their customers quickly, instantaneously. Um, where 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 artificial intelligence is is really intersecting and, and a little bit disrupting the world of finance is is in the robo advisory space, which is, um, it it's essentially uh, ro- robo advisors are a way for people to, um, without the human element, have their money managed for them, and. Have a and have maybe a little bit of financial planning light done, or ha- or have some maybe basic questions to, uh, answered by computers. And this is, robo-advisors have actually been around more than a decade, I think, but but um, you know maybe gaining in popularity in the last five years or so. I think it was
1: 08. Maybe it was, yeah, the first that one kind of right. came out. Yeah. At least the first mainstream one.
0: Um, so this is, so it's just-
1: Right, right we, when things were hitting the fan. That's, that's uh, right. That's when they came out. That's
0: yeah. right. You're right. Um, so you know, a, a, there's different terms for it, but robo advisors is like you know you can you can go to a website and you can answer a few questions about your comfort level with risk or your goals or um, you know your use for the money, um, your intentions of adding or subtracting to it. You know, you you can answer a few questions and and the computer, the artificial intelligence will will recommend a portfolio to you, and you know and and you can for a relatively low cost, have your money managed by artificial intelligence. Um, and, and I think that there are, you know, we don't use robo advisors because we are human advisors. And, and so, although there might be some ways for human advisors to, to, to utilize robo advisors for, you know, maybe smaller clients or people that have a little bit more simplistic needs and, and keep the cost down. So there's definitely like hybrid structures. Um, you know, but I think that there are Ways. I think there are situations in which this is appropriate, and I think that there, or I, maybe, I, or I hope that indefinitely there are situations where it's not appropriate because that means that we have a viable business for the rest of our working lives, mm-hmm. right, Kirk? So, uh, but no, I really, I really do believe that. Um, you know, we're, I think this is appropriate for people that have um, smaller balances and, yeah. and 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 are not. Um, Uh, maybe either don't want to or don't have the ability to pay an advisor, a human advisor, um, have pretty simplistic needs. Maybe people on the younger side that are accumulating money, pretty, pretty simplistic needs. It's appropriate for people that are comfortable having technology solve their problems, which younger generations just are because that's the world that they grew up in. You know, people in their fifties and sixties and, and older just didn't grow up in the world of entering my social security number online everywhere, you know? And, and then
1: sending money to some.
0: Right, yeah, and linking my bank and part, sending yeah. money. And, you know, I saw, we saw a lot of people that don't do bill pay. And, um, you know, so, so so this is definitely appropriate for people who have no qualms whatsoever about entering all their personal information onto a website. And, you know, that's pretty commonplace these days, actually, that, you know. Um, you know, information is just out there and we, and we, we all know it now, especially in the last few years of, you know, the data breaches and, and security breaches and and social media sites and things like that. But, you know, I I digress. Um, but yeah, I think robo, I think robo advisors, you know, it's a, it's a low cost way for people to have their money in a, diversified portfolio, um, have some simple needs addressed. Um, and, you know, hopefully, or I, I envision that they get to a point where their lives get more complex and they want a human in their life. Um, and and that might be a time where, you know, you have more complicated tax needs or estate planning needs or insurance needs or or you just want a person to take care of things for you. You don't want a burden anymore. Um, and and then maybe that's a point in time where you transition to a human advisor as opposed and, to a is a um,
1: And I think you know at least robot. what I, you know what I've you know read and and seen is that there you know some of these robo advisors do, you do have the ability to, to speak to you know, to a real person. Uh, Yeah. 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 There's
0: definitely hybrid models. Yeah. But
1: I mean, the downside of that is, you know, from what, from what I can tell is that you, you, are probably not going to get the same person every time. So if you you call, call, if you call, you're going to get some, you know, a random person and, um, you know, so they don't really know your situation, uh, like, you know, like a dedicated, you know, advisor, uh, who knows you. And, uh, you know, so they might answer again, just, just kind of like the computer model, you know, they, they might answer your question, but, you know, if framed yeah. in the wrong way, they might be giving you an incorrect answer if they don't know your situation and, and what you're really trying to ask.
0: Right, and, and sometimes I get this question once in a while. Um, we're, McNamara Financial, we're a small, we have two minutes. I can do this in two minutes. We're a small service oriented, you might call us a boutique firm. We're not, a huge financial institution with thousands of advisors and a call center. And people ask us, you know, what's the difference between you and me going to a custodian that you, you know, I don't want to name names, but, you know, and, 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 and you could ask the same question about the difference between working with us and working with um, a robo-advisor is that, you know, this is us. We're small we're here forever literally like for our entire probably lives hopefully and and you know that there's literally no turnover in, in our advisors and 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 we're small enough that we can have relationships with our people, and you just don't get that when you go to a larger firm. And because there are call centers, and there is a lot of turnover when you're a large institution like that, you know, there's a lot of turnover because they might, you know, the advisors working there might one day say, "Hey, I kind of want to work for myself. I don't want to work for someone else anymore." And, and you know, they got their experience, and then and then they're gone. So, um, you know, it's just it's just a different model. And I think you could you could answer the same way in terms of working with a robo advisor, but. Anyway, we digress. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. Thank you for listening to McNamara on Money. You can find out more about us at McNamaraOnMoney.com or McNamaraFinancial.com. Enjoy the beautiful weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.